It's reading of the word from Mark, the second chapter, 23rd verse to the 27 verses. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walk along, they begin to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful of the, on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read that, read, read what David did when he was, when he, and his companions were hunger, hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Pastor Tim. Amen. 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 Can you guys hear me okay? How about now? Does that work? I appreciate the applause. Uh, but if I could just invite you to stand just for one second. Uh, you applaused for me. Now I'm going to ask you to put your hands together for Jesus, who is the lover of our souls. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And oh, how we love him. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of God. I am excited about being here. First and foremost, I do want to give honor uh, where honor is due. Jesus Christ, who's the Lord of my life. And not only that, I want to give honor to Pastor Andrew, who is turning out to be a really good friend of mine. It feels like I told him, I said, I said, it feels like we've known each other forever. And really, the time has only probably been a little less than a year or something since we first met. But just super, super, super cool dude. And I'm happy to have him uh, or be able to call him friend as you, and you as well, friends. Today we read from Mark chapter 2. And I hear you guys are in a series about rest. So I, I, I want to say this. I want to I just be right up front from the very beginning. When I heard uh, that you were in a series about rest and I was going to be talking about rest today, I got to be honest, I got so convicted, so, 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 so convicted because I live in New York City. And if you're familiar with New York City, uh, what is rest? What is rest? I mean, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. It is literally the city that never sleeps. And at times where I want to get some rest, I can't because there's so much noise. But aside from that, I'm just a part of the rat race. And maybe you are too. I'm not sure how it is here in Providence, Rhode Island. But nonetheless, I know there's a rat race going on all around the world all the time. So I want to jump in. Is that okay? Just say amen. 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 Busyness. Oftentimes, we as people, we become so laser focused with the busyness of life, getting our basic needs met, uh, getting those things that we want, whatever, whatever it is, some or most of you will say, I don't have time 
to rest. I'm busy. Would you say that's true? Yeah? Sometimes we find ourselves, we're so busy, sometimes we find ourselves just practicing religion. We find ourselves practicing Christianity. Things like coming to church, praying and fasting, they just become a part of our routine. And I think what happens is we miss something very, very, very important in our times of rest. We miss that intimate connection with Jesus the Christ. Does that make sense? And we don't want to just go through the mundane routine of singing songs, raising our hands, clapping our hands. And in and, and all reality, we never, ever, ever go deep enough into the bosom of God. So the single most important idea that I want to preach from today or share with you today during my talk is that if we really, really, really want the fullness of what God has for us, if we really want that, then we must slow down to speed up. Now do me a favor, tell your neighbor to slow down so you can speed up. Now go to your other neighbor and tell him slow down so we can speed up. See, most people would, would probably think that God is in the fast lane, right? But you have to understand something. God did not create time for himself. God is not in a hurry. In fact, when you look at your Bible, you're looking at thousands and thousands of years compiled into one book or 66 books. He has a lot to say, and he takes his time. The Bible lets us to know that one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So God lives outside of time. God is not busy. God is, if, you, if you're like me, when you're getting on the highway and you're running late for an appointment, you're, you're the guy speeding down the fast lane, honking the horn, honk, 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 honk. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I got news for you. I believe this with all my heart, that if you want to catch up with God, you better get in a slow lane because God is just chilling back, cruising. He's looking at you. What is this doofus doing? <laughs> right? He's in the slow lane. This reality of slowing down, it becomes mission critical. It's critical to your mission. If you want to reach uh, Rhode Island, Providence, if you want to really, really be in the game, then you must slow down in order to speed up. Sometimes you have to take two steps back in order to take three steps forward. Is that, is that right? But rather, we want to partner with God. And I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I'm a New York hustle and bustle mover and shaker. But, but I got arrested by God one day. The Holy Spirit arrested me one day. I, and somehow God was studies. We were having church. Shut all of that stuff down. Out for God. And somehow God found a way to shut all of that stuff down. He had to shut it all down for me to come to this one point that I want to make. That unless God 
serves you, you can't serve anyone else. That reality comes from John 13, where, where Jesus, thinking about his death, the Bible says that after he thought on what was to come, he, got on, he girded his loins with a towel, got on his knees, and served his disciples. And my belief to you today, beloved, is that some of you need to be served by the master. We all need to be served by the master because if we don't get served by him, then we can't serve no one else. But yet we still do, and I want to tell you, that lest the Lord builds it, they that labor, they labor in vain. Is that the word of God? Even to a point that when we're resting, I know this is so true for me, even to a point that when we're resting, we're not resting. I take a day off and I, 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 I put my computer on the side of my bed and I'm emailing away and my wife is like, I thought today was your day off. I said, yeah, today is my day off, but I got all this stuff to do. I worship God when I get to church on Sunday. And then I realized when I read that John 13 and the Lord shut all my ministry activity down on me, that he said, son, you have never allowed me to serve you. So point number one, in order to, when, in order to slow down, if you're going to slow down, then you're slowing down in order for God to serve you. God cares more about you than what you could do for this city. That's the reality. He can do it without you. He's the one who put the stars in the sky. He's the one who set the moon and the sun in its place. He's the one who told the ocean to cease. You think he can't feed a hungry man without you? But what he's saying to us in this season is will you rest? Will you rest and enter in? Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? where Martha was in the, in the, in the house and, 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 and she was doing all this, what I call doo-doo. She was doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that to a point where she said, hey, Jesus, you got my sister sitting there at your feet. Tell her to get up and help me. Jesus said, hold on. Hold on. What your sister is doing, I'm paraphrasing, of course, what your sister is doing here is the one thing. It is the right thing. It's sitting there and having an intimate relationship with your God. It's sitting there allowing him to wash your feet, allowing him to, to, to put the balm of Gilead across all the scars, the many of scars that we've acquired through life. Beloved, this is mission critical. I've watched many and many of people serve God, serve God, serve God, and the first thing that we, the body of Christ, would say is, man, you rock. But what happens when that person never slowed down, that person never, ever actually took a back seat and said, Jesus, I want you to serve me today? Are you with me? All right, one person. Are you with me? All right, three people. Are you with me? <laughs> Amen. I want to give you some application to slowing down. 
I want to give you some application to slowing down. The first thing that I want to give you is to stop, rest, reflect, remember. Stop, rest, reflect, remember. Stop, rest, reflect, remember. I don't know about you, but sometimes I worry a little bit. And what God always has to remind me is just remember. In fact, Jesus at the Lord's Supper, he said, do this in remembrance of me. You want the fullness just like I want it. I want the fullness of God to, to be poured out in my life in a real, real tangible and major way. But I have to remember to stop. I'm not going to wait for Sunday to worship God. I'm going to stop on Monday, and I'm going to give that day to Jesus. Amen? Number two is worshiping God through listening prayer. Now, I want to talk about this a little bit because I, I, I believe that some of us may be familiar with listening prayer, but there's probably one or two people here that don't really know or understand what listening prayer is. Guess what listening prayer is? Listening prayer. That means you close your mouth and you listen. You can meditate on the goodness of Jesus and allow him to speak to you. I find it all too often that sometimes all we want to do when we pray is we start yelling at God, God, I need the light bill paid. God, I need this bill paid. How am I ever going to get through college, God? Can you work? Can you, can you do this? Can you break in? I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. And, and God is like, can, can, can I get in for a minute? Can, can, can you just cease and let me speak to you for a minute? But oftentimes we run to the Lord with our list, our laundry list of requests. And we're so busy blabbering them out that we never give the Lord an opportunity to speak to us. Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, I believe it's the 33rd chapter, Jeremiah said, well, the Lord said, ask of me. Ask me, and I will show you the mysteries of heaven. I will answer you, but we just need to make room for him to answer us. And my final application for that is just rest. Rest when you're resting. Some people, like myself, have a hard time resting when I'm resting. Remember this. As you're going out into the highways, as you're going out into the byways, you are not the Savior. Can I solicit you to help me out and just tell your neighbor you're not the Savior? Okay, two people. You are not the Savior. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm not the Savior, nor are you. Jesus Christ is the Savior. And when the Sabbath was instituted, it was instituted for a day of rest. And in that day of rest, what did people do? They sing worship songs, spiritual songs. 
They reflect on what the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for them. I don't want to make this or allow this to become a legalistic practice for you. But stop and rest. Stop and rest. There's something that God wants to tell you. Can I say that prophetically to you? That God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. But you're not going to catch him in the fast lane. You've got to slow it down. Slow it down. Can I pray for you? Father, today we just want to first and foremost just stop and say thank you. And Father, this particular word about slowing down, will you take us on a journey of understanding it even deeper or at a more intimate level? Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they will not be bogged down with busyness, but God, they would take upon them your yoke. And the Bible says that you will then give them rest. So Father, I pray rest over this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can put your hands together right there for Jesus. So while we had uh, Tim with us, I wanted to, to kind of ask him a handful of questions. And uh, the big one is kind of taking what you just shared with us. Hey, you want to chill here? Take a little seat. The big one, Tim, was um, there's a lot of people in this room who are, who are fired up um, about uh, their calling. Um, I think there are a lot of folks here who give a lot of their time and energy to serving this, this house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people I would say here who are really um, engaged with issues of biblical justice in our city, um, who see the cause of the oppressed as central to what it means to be a follower of Jesus, who uh, language we use all the time, you know, how do we demonstrate and announce the good news? So our, it kind of our evangelists and prophets, I think many folks are, are, are activated. And I think if anything that we... Um, feel like we need some wisdom on how, how do we, and, and so I'll kind of pivot it back to you with your own story, where you planted, you know, 6,000 churches, yeah. you know, and, you know, you're the Pope of all New York, or I'm, I'll just keep, keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, with all of the work that you've done, what, what have been like the wins as you have been engaged in meaningful work of loving and blessing wherever you are, and the, the inverse relationship to rest? And where have you just killed it, and maybe even you know, share a failure where you, you saw, you know, your, your, your ministry, we talked a little bit, become a bit anemic mm. in times of, of lack of rest. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, let me talk about the wins first. Uh, yeah, we've been able to plant over 50 churches, and, and, and that would probably be some of, uh, one of our biggest wins uh, being able to put a new church on the ground and see lost people come to Jesus is, it, it brings tears to my eyes, even 55 churches in. Every time I see it and I'm a part of a launch day, 
uh, it brings tears to my eyes. And, and, and I know that the number one way of reaching a city is by church planting. It's the number one evangelical tool to reaching lost people is, is putting together or planting a new church for them to be a part of. Some of the, some of the loss or challenges or, or nuggets that I've learned uh, is that I've, I've planted 55 churches. I'm being really transparent right now. 55 churches, uh, and it got to a point where it was a numbers game for me, uh, where I wanted to see more and more. I even said, man, I want to plant 500 churches before I die. Uh, and then I realized that the quality of those churches were diminishing. The more I became numbers driven, the more those particular churches suffered, if you will, Uh, because my my care, my mind was on the next church plant and not the one, the ones that we already planted. So, so now I, I'm in the slow lane. (laughs) I'm in the slow lane. I'm waiting for Jesus. I'm waiting for, for, for green lights to go and and, and I don't really care if I plant 500 churches. If I planted two more churches, I've, I'll be ecstatic and grateful for, for, for that. What um, you mentioned last night when we were chatting, I asked you, what do you do on your Sabbath? I think a lot of people have that question. Yeah. Um, what do I really do on that? I, I, I can stop. I, can, I turn on Netflix. I slow. I don't know. Like I, I eat too much. I, yeah. Whatever it is. Um, and that we've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about rest and worship. We uh, heard a little bit about silence and solitude. And I loved how one of your practices even was missional in nature, mm. where, um, you know, we, we highlighted the observation that Jesus, when he heals, he most often heals on the Sabbath. Right. And so a lot of people love to have some fun with that. Like, oh, it seems like Sabbath is a day of, yeah. of not just you know, healing for our own souls, but there's a sense of us being awakened to the healing that needs to happen the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this practice that you do when I asked you, what do you do on your Sabbath? So maybe share a couple of those, but share the one about driving around the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on, on my Sabbath day, I, I like to, and I really, I got to say, not just on my Sabbath day, but uh, I find moments all throughout the week where I go for mindful drives. Uh, and what I mean by mindful is that I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus as I'm driving, and my eyes on the road, of course. Uh, <laughs> somebody just said, oh, that's an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, my eyes on the road, but my eyes on Jesus, and I want to see my community, I want to see my city through the lenses of, of, of Jesus, the way he sees my city, the way, the way he feels. I want to know what he feels about my community, my city, and so I drive and I pray and I just look and, and uh, meditate on what God wants to do in new areas. And believe it or not, that's how new churches get planted because sometimes I'm driving, I'm like, oh, that building is empty. <laughs> That'll be a great church right there. And, and uh, you know, we go from there and, and, and plant that church. So. Talk, to us, talk to us about saying no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't give you a setup on that. I didn't preview yeah, that one, but talk, talk, to, talk to them about saying no. We've yeah. talked a bit about how you can't add Sabbath to a busy life. Right. Has anyone tried to do that? 
Like, I can't add Sabbath in. Like, you walked away from week one or week two of this series, and you're like, all right, I'm going to add this in. And we've been, been really clear, right? This is not something that you just tack on. You need to make a room for this. Talk to yeah. us. There's a lot of yes people in this room. Talk yeah. to us about saying no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that question, how to say no. Um, you know, when I found my call, or say my call found me, I was sitting in a prayer room just worshiping Jesus, just sitting there reading my Bible, worshiping Jesus. And all of a sudden, uh, the Lord, it was almost like a download. He gave me crystal clear clarity as to what he wanted me to do with my life. So to answer your question, I can say no to a thousand things because God has given me crystal clear clarity as to what he want me doing. And that makes it so much easier to say yes. Because when I come across a person and they say, hey, I, I, I've been thinking about starting this new church. That's not something I really have to spend a lot of time praying about because I know that's what God created me to do. Now, if somebody come and they say, hey, my children's worker is out. Do you mind doing children today? I'm going to say no. I ain't got to pray about that either. I'm not called to reach children. And I don't mean that in a, uh, I'm bigger than that way. I'm just, I know my makeup. I know what God has given me. I know what he's given me to push out. And therefore, I can say no all day long and don't feel guilty. <laughs> so, I think even in saying no, if you slow down and you spend some time with Jesus, Jesus is going to open up your mind. I love when he's, when, when at, the, at the end of the Gospels, after he reappeared, it says Jesus opened up the eyes of their understanding. And I think the only way that Jesus can open up the eyes of our understanding is if we slow down and we give him some time to minister to us in the quiet place, minister to us in the secret place. So, I, you know, no is easy for me. It's it, it just really easy. I, I would say this as well. Um, each and every person in this room have to find their own rhythm. Now, you could use my rhythm as a template, but I want you to know that's my rhythm, and if it don't work for you, it probably shouldn't because we live two different lives. So you have to find a rhythm. Don't despise those three-hour blocks. Those three-hour blocks where you just say, no, I'm, this is me and the Lord time right here, right now. And I guarantee you, by doing that and creating a rhythm around that or some structure around that, you'll find that it'll become easier for you to say no as well. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good because that's what I struggle with when I think about that and like know thyself, like how critical that piece is. Yeah. Like, I don't know about any of you, but I have a hard time knowing what I need to give my energies to because I, I don't know what I'm actually called to do. Mm. I have a sense of it or, or there's like a sea of really good opportunities in front of me. Right. And to, to know, I, I heard this preacher say this years ago. I think I've repeated it about a hundred times ever since, but like so much burnout comes from doing a bunch of stuff that God never called you to do. Mm. Like we get burnout twisted. Like burnout means only stopping. 
But I love that, that word because mm. I need that to, to, no, I need to remember what am I called into. Right. And I'm not called to everything. Right. I'm called to like something. Right. right. And so actually sometimes the issue is not, it's not I got too much stuff. It's that I got the wrong stuff. Actually, right. I need to hustle harder. Yeah. I need to sweat more, but just in a particular direction. Right, right. I'm like preaching to myself right now. Yeah, what's tricky about that is God honors his word. And God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he shall revolt or repent. Each and every one of us have a grace on our life. But the, the, the difference is my grace is different than your grace. Your grace is different than, than, than mine in the same way. And we have to figure out what that grace is. Like, I don't have grace. When you step outside of that grace area, once you identify it, then everything will begin to become a burden. You're saying yes, but why am I saying yes and feeling so laid down or so burdened or, or whatever it is? So I would actually say figure out what your grace area is and, and do what God has graced you to do. Because when you're in your grace area, it's, 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 it's nothing. It feels there's no burnout. There's no hustle and bustle. There's, it just comes naturally. It, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm okay with working yeah. hard yeah. and pouring myself in and going late or whatever when it's, it's not an area that... It's funny how rest, that corollary, is so yeah. key to knowing knowing like yeah. what he's called me into yeah that's so good anyone need that this morning mm. yeah mm. yeah there's there's a there's a psalm 40 is my, one of my favorite scriptures and it starts off as i waited patiently those two words are actually the same in hebrew he's saying as i waited i waited and i don't know about you but how many people are waiting on the lord like, God, I need you to come through. But as you're waiting, you need to still wait. Because sometimes we, we while we're waiting, we decide that, hey, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. God is not moving. I'll wait for him to move, but I'm just going to go and I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that to make, it, to make this thing happen. And I think the key there, what David was saying is, even as I waited, I waited. I rested in the fact, I put all my trust in the fact that God is Lord and he's the one that's going to make this thing come to pass if he so desires it. And I'm totally content with that. Ready to preach, brother. Dude, come on. <laughs> I'm like, go another round. <laughs> waiting. 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 Yeah. Anyone struggle with waiting on the Lord? Mm. Anyone struggle with waiting? <laughs> Bro, can we give a big thanks for, for Pastor Tim? As I invite our communion servers up, I want to pray for us. We've got a few more weeks left of this Sabbath series, another week left. I think a word like that as we sort of transition from why this is so critical to the ins and outs of what we might do to then thinking uh, about what it is to, uh, 
to step out of Sabbath. We've been kind of walking through the through the, the 24 hours of Sabbath. How do we get our minds set for it? How do we prepare? How do, what do we do when we're in it? And then how do we begin to exit? How do we be, begin to ask the right sorts of questions and reflect in the right sorts of ways and be open in all the right sorts of ways on our Sabbath day in those blocks as we then step out to be being prepared for what God has called us to. So I just want to, I want to pray for us and, and I want us to, as we have this time of stillness and quiet together for a moment. For some of us, I, I have this sense um, that there's a lot of confusion over what we're to give our energy to. Or, or, or there's a lot of desires of what we want to be doing, but we have kids. <laughs> but I only have so much bandwidth. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a clear, like, a freedom in what I'm supposed to be stepping into and giving up my time to and allowing God to just minister to you to sort out your week in real time. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus or this is all very new to you, we, we actually have this belief, as strange as it is, that God still speaks, that God is speaking, that God is ministering to us through one another and through the quietness of our own heart. Just a minute ago, I had a friend come up and go, I feel like I have a word for the church that God wants me to share. Like God is still, is still speaking. And I think there's something, even, even if for you, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, in the quietness and in the stillness, maybe it's just like coming to grips with the inner voice and the inner monologue of what's happening and all of the busyness and all of the stress and all of the chaos and all of the lists and allowing God to just sort it out. Or maybe it's just for you being still for the first time in a bit and going, I don't want to live this way any longer. I don't want to be in the fast lane. I don't need road rage any longer. I mean that like metaphorically and spiritually as much as I do literally. That God's inviting me, that I feel invited to stop, to slow down. And in those moments, repeating back these phrases that we heard today, I am not the Messiah. I don't need to do ever save everyone. Repeating back, I need, I need to wait on God in this season and be okay and flourish and have joy and peace, even in the waiting for what he wants to do in my heart. I, I, I need to find the refreshment. God wants me to be refreshed and full of joy and emotionally healthy and dialed in. And so I need to create some kind of space where God could even hear me and actually begin to listen. Could we just in this moment just still our hearts and still our minds hopefully long enough to just receive from the Lord. Lord Jesus, Son of God, would you minister to us? there's anything there, just write it down. There's some next step for you. Rest as you can, not as you can't. What's the thing that you just like, I know I need to get rid of that. 
I know I need joy here and I don't know how to get it, but at least I know that. Like, let's not leave here, like leave this moment just capturing whatever it is that's just come up in your heart. Maybe you're not sure it's of God or anything, or you're just pretty sure you knew that already, but let's mark this and allow God to breathe life into us as we come to the table. Write it down. In Jesus' name, everyone said. In a moment, we're going to take the bread and the cup. Christ's body broken and his blood poured out. We're going to take a moment and remember Christ has died for us, that Christ has done the work, that Christ is doing the work, that Christ is making all things new. He has forgiven us. He has set things on a course of restoration, and we get to join him. And we are invited to know our place in that joining him. And it all begins a new week of loving our kids and blessing our family and serving our neighborhood and offering up prayers for the broken. All of this begins right here, right now at the table. Right here at God reconciling us to himself, forgiving us, breaking himself open, pouring himself out, himself out for us. The greatest act of love the world has ever seen. We as the body of Christ are invited to receive together, to be served by Christ, as Tim said, and then to take the bread and the cup, be reminded of his body broken, blood poured out, and then to step out into our world and into our city from a place of, of, of a full belly, from the place of daily bread, from the place of whatever is going on, know that you are loved and so we're going to sing that, and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will build my life upon this love. I will build my week and my day upon the love of Christ and allow that to be the bomb over my anxiety and the bomb over my uncertainty and the bomb over my calling. Can I get an amen? Let's come forward. Would you stand with me?